Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Rob from Cigar Store Idiots. You may be asking yourself what Moonwalker Delta 8 is. Moonwalker is the industry leader in Delta 8 THC products, an emerging category pushing the boundaries of the cannabis plant. By expertly combining terpenes with complementary flavors, Moonwalker represents the absolute pinnacle of Delta 8 THC products, all engineered for pure bliss and joy. If you have any questions or concerns about the legality of Delta 8, please feel free to visit moonwalker.com backslash pages backslash legal. Have you been searching for something healthy and natural to make you feel better and get you back on the up and up? Let me introduce you to Life Cycle Mushroom Tinctures. Life Cycle is now transformed into an evolutionary mushroom biotechnological company that harnesses the great potential mushrooms possess. Life Cycle's mission is to deliver the highest possible ethos attached to the incredible professional products to those who wish to upgrade their wellness and reach their true potential. Let's start with Turkey Tail for your gut health, Rishi for relaxation, Lion's Mane for focus, Cordyceps to help your body realize its true natural potential, and Shiitake for your hair, nail, and skin support. Head on over to CigarStoreIdiots.com, look for the Life Cycle link, use CSIPOD10 for a promo code to help you save some money today. This was never about money for us, it was about us against the system. That system that kills the human spirit. We stand for something. To those dead souls inching along the freeways in their metal coffins, we show them that the human spirit is still alive. Welcome to the sultry sounds of my sickly voice. I'm Rob. And you are Arlo. Cousin Johnny. Fellas, I don't know what's what's blooming. And maybe it's cause our kids went back to school, but uh Exactly what it is. Man, you got the back to school funk. I, it, they're little petri dishes, the little fuckers. They literally They gonna punk you up. They get punk, sick. Punk. And they, and they're they're only sick for what? What? What are they sick? Long the longest they're sick is probably like two days. Not the adults. Nope. Not the adults. Brittany had the flu. Uh, I don't have the flu. Um, the other ones has like sinus issues. The other one had the flu. I'm really glad. Mine's always got the flu. I'm really glad you wait till now to clarify that you don't have the flu. Yeah, I don't. Have Th- the flu. Thank you for yeah. letting us come over and sit here around the and table. And be like, oh, by I, the way, <laughs> I I was gonna uh, take a drink out of all your drinks while you were here too. But no, I, I don't have the flu. I just sound terrible. Uh, and uh, welcome to Cigar Story Idiots Podcast, gentlemen. Um, first thing I want to talk about is uh, these this this episode we're gonna do tonight. It's we're. we're it's not there's not one thing fun about it it's not a good and it's not a feel good story but uh we'll start it off as usual how we normally do um i sent arlo some some videos of the ukraine that i saw and it looks like a great place to go on a vacation it didn't look like a place where we're at war or not we're at war well kind of we're at proxy war yeah we're like an afghan russian war yeah kind of war but when people's at the beach having the time of their life they're sitting out streets are pack yeah a little bistros everybody's drinking a little coffee and laughing and you know having a good old time and in the meantime over here in the united states they lead you to believe that it's getting blown off the map blown off the map and there's a website i used to 
get emails from or something. I can't remember the name of it, but they constantly put out drone footage and tanks being destroyed. And I'm like, where is this? Because it's not where I'm looking. Now I did see where they, they had some, uh, there was a lady there. It's supposed to like the place had been bombed, hit with planes that the Russians had hit. And there's just, everything's destroyed and there's destruction. And his chick's walking around picking up slabs of concrete. <laughs> like around. they're styrofoam. They're, yeah, they're like planted. It's like a movie set. It's like a damn movie set over there. I don't, I don't know what to believe. But i tell you one thing I do not believe. You remember they got us all hyped up uh, on the ghost of Kiev. Uh, and this guy's supposed to be like Top Gun, Maverick, shooting down Russian planes. <coughs> I'm going to call BS on this because... Um, they said he has now a total of 184 confirmed kills. Russia oh, would wow. be out of planes. Yes. I mean, <laughs> it's it's not even possible. It's not even po- I don't give a shit how long he's been flying and how awesome he is. And he may be a savant rain man back there behind the controls of a, of a fighter pilot, a fighter jet. He ain't shot out 184 planes? No. No. No, sir. Try again. What? You're not 184 and zero. No, no. <laughs> but it, and again, I mean, I hate to sit here and quote a movie, but obviously I'm single and have way too much time to sit around and watch TV. But didn't they talk about they they talk about you being an elite fighter pilot if you shot down three? Yeah, like that. That's the minimum to make you elite. I mean, we and now saw, we got somebody claiming 184. We saw. We all saw Top Gun. I mean, I shot down 184 when I used to play Top Gun on the Atari. I ain't never even shot that many down <laughs> on a video game. And that's like I can just continue. Like that uh, 1942 game over there we got in the corner. You can just keep, keep hitting continue. And I promise you, I ain't shot 184 planes down on that thing. So, I don't know, fellas. It's uh, it's so ridiculous. Before we get too much deeper in this podcast, we want to give a shout-out to Hayden Elridge. Uh, thanks for listening to the show, buddy. Got an email from you. And uh, glad you're enjoying it. Share it with your people. Uh, one more thing I wanted to talk about was this kid in Brazil. Um, now we've all done dumb stuff as a kid. I still do stuff, uh, dumb stuff as a forty-nine-year-old man. But uh, this kid, I guess he's a big fan of Spider-Man. He's watched a lot of Spider-Man movies, cartoons, whatever. He decides that he's going to let a black widow bite him and turn him into Spider-Man. It didn't re- didn't really work out. Didn't for work him. out good. Did it did not. He. Uh, he did not die. He he's in the hospital for a little while. He had a lot of sore joints, tendons, and uh, all that good stuff was sore. And he's gonna make a full recovery. And the hospital was so kind enough to give him a Spider Man costume at the end of the day. Stop <laughs> it! It's, you sure this wasn't in Florida? It, it could have been. It could have been. <laughs> but you know what? I got a Florida story for you. Uh, it's not in Florida, but it's about as far as you can get. Let's go ahead and get on that one. And thank God I messed the right button. You're flying blind. It's a medical. It's a medical. <laughs> On today's What the Texas. A hawk drops a four foot long snake on a Texas grandma, prompting both animals to attack her. And you would say, eh, there's no way that happened. There's pictures. It <laughs> it's documented. <clears throat> uh dude, that cat just scared the ever loving shit out of me. Is Lucy in here? She sure is. Dude. She, I thought. I'm glad you saw her before I did. Cause oh, I, I about <laughs> shit myself. <laughs> There's a raccoon in here. Um, all Peggy and Wendell Jones wanted uh, at the end of the day of their yard work was a trip to the uh, triple digit or to get out of that triple digit heat and get cleaned up and go to the casino. The married couple, couple of 45 years 
uh, routinely splits up the three-hour job mowing the lawn, meaning they must have a lot of property. Uh, it's three north- hours of mowing? <laughs> God. Oh, thank you. Are they pushing it? North of Beaumont. It could be. It might Real be a mower. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those Bugs remote bunny. control ones now. It's like you just said, uh, what is that? Evo? Yeah, one of those. Um, what happened uh, next would uh, shock them and uh, and scar her probably for the rest of her damn life. Um, as she was on the riding mower on the back of the property far uh, along the tree line, all of a sudden, uh, you know, out of the clear blue sky, a big giant black snake fell and landed on the 46-year-old. If that weren't traumatic enough... There'd have been two movements. The snake clutched onto her arm and started a bowel movement. And a physical <laughs> and movement. And a physical movement. <laughs> uh, she said she imid- it immediately began to thrust into her arms. Uh, it started to bite her. She was trying to shake the snake you off. You sure it was a black mamba? The snake... Uh, what? I don't think it was a mamba. Probably a... Probably a you know tell them what kind of thing it was. I'm poison. Yeah. yeah. I got it. Uh, the snake ra- sick. <laughs> went right by no, him. Right by him. He's like, what? I don't think it was a black That's Alabama Black Snake. Afro Circus. She said the snake wrapped around her arm and started striking at her face. How big is this son of a bitch? A four and a half foot long. That's a pretty big snake. Yeah. That's a large snake. Again. Thanks for noticing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the more the grandmother of four tried to rip the snake off of her, the tighter it uh, began to wrap around and squeeze her arm. Peggy got shook up, started screaming for help. Um, the snake wouldn't let go. Wendell, mowing on the front property, the sound of his own tractor drowned out the screams of Peggy, and she was alone. <laughs> God. Uh, just when she thought that the snake might bite her, injecting her with fatal venom, uh, and ushering her to the end of her life, a brown and white hawk swooped down to save the day, you would have thought. No. No, sir. Uh, her this, arm looks like a cheese grater. That's it, snake, no, it, I'm not. I, it, I man, think that's hamburger meat. Dude, I don't think yes, that's her arm. It, it, but look, it looks like hamburger It looked like meat. somebody tenderized some cube steak. I mean, her arm is eat up. And the reason being, uh, the hawk was trying to remove the snake from her arm. And the whole time... Uh, it's just digging his claws into her arms, you know, for the entire time. Finally, she freed herself. Uh, the hawk set its sights on another prey, swooped in. Uh, it got caught in a barbed wire fence. The hawk did. Um, yeah. Wow. Raising dumb birds out there. Yeah. Well, it, it, she got it got it away, and then it saw it, and it flew off, and it went into a barbed wire fence. It sounds like a story my nine-year-old kid tries to tell me about some kid at school that uh, – that uh, done something and the story just continues to grow. Why is it when I picture this hawk flying, all I hear is buddy, 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 buddy. no, 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 <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, she did feel relief having been freed from the snake and the hawk. Her arm, right arm, was covered in blood, claw mark, lacerations, cuts, and punctures. She said, "If you've ever cut yourself, think about that ten times the pain." Uh, the pain, you just can't even describe it. It's beyond anything I've ever experienced. Even that time when I was in college. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> she did not say that. Uh, bruises had already formed. They turned black, presumably from the snake squeezing. Damn. Uh, and then she proceeded that uh, she kept screaming and yelling. And this time, Wendell did hear her, and he ran over. Uh, she was hysterical and in shock. No he shit. He recalled. Okay. I, I mean, bet she don't cut a blade of grass no more. No, I bet you she's hiring somebody to cut that grass. Um, he said he was probably 
Three minutes had sunk in before he realized what had happened to Peggy. Uh, the doctors at the hospital had cleaned and bandaged, bandaged up her wounds. She even chipped the glasses, the lenses in her glasses. Son of a bitch. Uh, they think it may have been a venomous snake, though it was never tested. You know what? If it was a venomous snake, she would have known because you got poisoned. You idiot. Of course it wasn't poisoned. You're right. This is about as, as Florida as you can get. Yeah. I mean, it's. But it's in Texas. It's in Texas. You can't make this stuff up. Or maybe somebody does, and I'm dumb enough to read it. So I don't know. My God, I just didn't. And here's the thing. I just cut grass today. And I'm just sitting there thinking, I've got 45 minutes of grass cutting. If a snake fell out of any of them trees, and I'm already scared to death of spiders. This anyway. thing fell from the sky. Oh, I know. I'm just saying. I mean, I, what in your time? Yeah. Did she go buy a lottery ticket afterwards? Because <laughs> she no. didn't have nothing to lose. I mean, I'm telling you. Like, obviously, you are playing the odds here. You might as well go. She should have. Uh Unfortunately, some uh, bastard won my money in Florida. One ticket sold for the $1.5 million, and they're probably going to clear about $553 million. It's 72, cash out. 72% if you're in New York or California. It's what, yeah, y'all move on out, out there. Move yeah. on out there. I think that's why most of the tickets get, so the winning tickets get sold up there. Yeah, because they it's get a, 70. It's money yeah, laundering. It's it's, yeah, it's just, a, it's just another way for the government. I decided I'm not going to give any more money to that uh, that cause. I've already given enough money to the government, and I'm not going to do it uh, at, at uh, my own retarded expense. Sorry, I didn't mean to say that, but I did. So this story tonight, somebody actually um, – If you don't drink hard liquor, you might want to go pour you a couple of fingers. Yeah. Uh, Carrie Hobbs, one of our listeners, and it's my cousin. She said, hey, y'all need to cover this story. She said it's pretty disturbing. She didn't lie. Uh, she, I had no I think idea. That was the under. That, that's an understatement. We, the one we did last week, I was like, man, it can't be worse than that one. Shh, man, whole it, lot of beers. What your cousin said. Yeah, it's it's literally uh, um, it's probably one of the worst ones we've ever done. But let's do it. Uh, tonight's episode is going to be on the torture and murder of Vera Joe Regal. Is it Regal? And uh, it, this thing. It's, it goes in so many different directions. There's so many different names. So one thing that I want to get off the cusp just right out of the gate, the family that is responsible for this girl's murder are all kissing cousins. They're all entangled. Somehow. The hills have eyes. The hills have eyes in, what, Ohio. <laughs> yes. So. And that's what's funny. <clears throat> Excuse me. not funny, but what's disturbing. I didn't, but anyway, go ahead. I'm, I'm, I think it's fair to say that there's probably not a dentist in the county. If you watch the documentary, uh, Goodbye, uh, Sugar Bay, uh, I tried to watch the majority of that uh, as, as along with reading and researching on this thing, and uh, it, it was hard to watch and eat anything uh, because you just kept focusing on those people's teeth. I bet they weren't eating a lot of salads. There was n- <laughs> no, no, no. One thing I couldn't understand <clears> – <throat> Oh, hell, let's just get into it. Let's just get into it. Um, the story is extremely difficult to keep up with, um, but uh, we're going to give it our best shot. So Vera Joe <clears throat> is the main focus of this story, but like Rob said, there are a lot of orbiting players. Yeah, she was a mentally challenged 24-year-old woman uh, with a mind of an 8- to 12-year-old. Uh, her troubled childhood included repeated uh, sexual and physical abuse by her biological father, and then once he went to prison, her mom's new boyfriend did the same thing. When Vera Jo was 19, she met a 13-year-old Zachary Brooks. They became romantically involved in a relationship. 
Zachary's mother, Sherry Lynn Brooks, immediately took to her took her in as part of the family. They all took care, like brought her in. They were going to be good to her. Um, what the rest of the world had no idea how evil uh, uh, the the plan was to have her there, and what would happen uh, to her in in all the evil that was inside that home and the stuff that was going on. He had Zachary and Sherry, and the rest of the family treated Vera. Uh, Vera Joe, they treated her very well. And, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, they had a really sinister ulterior motive in mind. And eventually it would end up taking Vera Joe's life. And Cherry has been nicknamed the Manson of Ohio. Yeah. Because she had some kind of crazy whatever hold she, over them. Whatever she wanted done, she got. They would do and, it. But it was not just her family either, it was people that. She sold drugs too. It was people that she knew around town. They said the only difference between her family and the Manson family is her family was actually dangerous. And that's that's saying a lot. Yes, it's saying a lot. Um, she was the mother. Cher uh, was a mother of nine children. She actually lost her first five more kids, one at a time, for blatant sexual abuse. Scotty, her first husband, is the product of an incestual relationship with her her first cousin who was mentally disabled. Um, and they also gave birth to Michael, uh, Maria, Joshua, and uh, I guess Sherry Jr. I guess. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> at one point, the state had actually already removed a one year, the one-year-old Maria from the home after learning she had been raped. Uh, baby Sherry never even went to the Brooks' home. Uh, they, she was immediately f- uh, placed in a foster care at birth. Now, we're... So... You, just kind of bear with us. We'll kind of bounce back and forth just to make sure this. We try to keep our ducks in a row. Vera Joe is, is not related, is not related to, any to any of these people until she marries into the family. Right. So, um, <clears throat> uh, Cherry then turns out four more. Yes. Look at the names of those four: Kevin, Zachary, Garth, and Chucky. I mean, you are Chucky. Come on now. They weren't removed from the home either, despite yeah, right. all the other uh, kids being removed. <laughs> from they the home. just took. But Maria wasn't the youngest, was she? She was a year baby. old. Okay, yeah. so now baby Cherry was the last of the first. She never five. even made it to the house, thank God. So if they take her away at birth, why are you not taking the next four or five away? This is a classic case of uh, Child Protective Services dropping the ball, uh, law enforcement not following up on people calling. Uh, there was so many reports by so many different people, that even school teachers, pastors, a lot of people was reporting that there was some really bad shit going on in this house, and everybody kind of turned a blind eye to it. And I think it, it goes it goes back to that whole thing too that we always talk about in here, which is the unfortunate part, which is uh, this we'll call the throwaway syndrome. This whole family is a bunch of throwaways, as long as they're not technically breaking the law as far as like stealing or selling drugs, which they were selling drugs, they were selling meth, but anything that had to do with their children. Abuse-wise, like physically, sexually, or mentally abused, they didn't care. Well, see, and that's what blows my mind because when I was doing the administrative thing, you know, having to deal with some of these kids, you would get in arguments with defects and stuff like that. But their thing was, if the kids are fed and they've got a roof over their head, that's, it. that's all they really, really yep. worry Run about. And Running water, a roof, and somewhere to cook food. And, and that's it. Yeah. And, and But the thing is, and that's what I don't understand, if there was already signs – it's not even signs. I mean, you've already proven that there was sexual abuse. Yeah. Late, I mean, just running rampant in this house. Mm-hmm. There's no way you could justify leaving these kids in that environment. Yeah. Yeah, because her first husband 
Kevin Brooks Sr. was put in jail because of all of the abuse. Right. And now this story centers around the thriving metropolis of Finley, Ohio. I guess you had to oh, go. I guess you had to go to the. Oh. Yeah, I guess you had to go out of town to the dentist. Tell. Out of town is an understatement. <laughs> I'm wondering if what she served at night was just a bowl of rocks, based on what her mouth looks like. Uh, I mean, I think I could count. Was, on, I can count on one hand how many teeth I can see in that she, smile. She's definitely selling some <laughs> out of the back room. Um, she was known as a bully. Uh, her behavior even became, uh, she, even when she was disabled and confined to a wheelchair. You're wrong, son. You're wrong. What is it? They got an AMC Classic Friday 12 in the big city of Finley. No way. No way. Yes, Nobody's sir. doing any charity work in that in that town, I guess. No. Um, I'm trying to find the closest big. Confined to a wheelchair. She uh, she, had, she had diabetes. Uh, I think she was diagnosed with diabetes. Uh, she was a major manipulator to the family, a sadist, a baby rapist. Uh, and... She could convince her kids and any others in their in their whole little circle to do anything that she demanded. So if you draw a triangle from Columbus to Cleveland over to Fort Wayne, Indiana, Finley's right dead center of it. Hmm. It is <gasps> on you I seventy five goes right through there and it's just south of Toledo. It's a big trafficking <laughs> sexual trafficking uh yeah. area probably. Right in the heart, right in the middle. Um after losing her own kids, uh, Sherry began to look for other women to have babies for her. The other women, and I, you know what? When I read that and I saw kind of what was going on, I think she was selling selling kids too. Yeah, you know what I mean? I think so. In the area they're in, Ohio is the hub. Ohio is the hub in the United States. It's in the middle of the United States, and every interstate comes through there. So it's it is a quick in and out for anybody that's trafficking drugs, children. Why else would she want him to um, have kids for? <coughs> Excuse me, um, but the main the main focus was they wanted a girl. That was the main focus. She would get. Uh, she was trying to get other women to get pregnant to give her their babies. But did you let's let's take a step back with Sherry's her childhood herself. It was she was abu- She was abused by her father as a child. When she was a toddler, Mm -hmm. she was removed from her home but continued to have a sexual relationship with her father that even continued after she had married Kevin. Yes. Yes. I I, I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't wrap my head around any of this. This whole story. And and, and everything we're getting to is going to build up to even even worse. Holy Jesus, I forgot about this. The kids that stayed became members of the Crips. Yeah. And that that blew me away. That threw me off too because most of the time you talk, you're talking about the Crips and the Bloods. You're talking about African American gangs, and these are the whitest white bread, Wonder Bread uh, group of people you ever seen in your life. They said there's a picture which it's not pulling up, but in the picture, the it says Punky was the guy's name was mm-hmm. the Finley area leader of the Crips. Yeah. He was killed on August fifth, twenty ten, after a car slammed into him as he walked down the road with his girlfriend. I don't think it slammed into him. I think they run over his ass. Well, no, no. Cherry uh, claimed that Heather, the girlfriend, actually uh, pushed him, pushed, pushed him, him in front of a vehicle, which is probably she's trying to get the hell away from all of them. Um, uh, this was a lie, but Heather wanted to pay the price. <coughs> Cherry wanted Heather to. She pay wanted, the price. He- yeah, yeah, she wanted her to pay the price. Um, and so what she did is she ordered kind of a, a hit out on Heather. 
And some of Punky's friends uh, actually beat her up, uh, like, I guess kidnapped well, her and beat her up. beat the hell out yeah, of her. Yeah, beat the hell out of her. Um, and she sat back and watched it with her one wiggly front teeth. After he died, Zachary, the 13-year-old, became the leader of the Crips after his brother's death. None of that makes sense. If you watch this documentary and you look at pictures of these people, you would swear you were, sorry, don't get mad at me. I'm just calling it like I see it. You would think you're looking at a story in West Virginia. Yeah. I mean, it, seriously. It, this is like a West, like a West Virginia. Let this me is a feral people story. Yes. Hills have eyes. You, you said it best right there in the very beginning of the whole story. Yeah, it, I just, I don't, I don't know. And then Cherry becomes some kind of disabled, and she's in a wheelchair, but she's still selling drugs. Calling the shots. Yeah. Throwing gang signs when she gets interviewed in her wheelchair, rolling up and down the road. She's like, click, click. <laughs> Shit. Yeah, that is crazy. When I mean, you said she was rolling down the street. Rolling. In her wheelchair. <laughs> I see me rolling. Let's get it. <laughs> if you can, if you can. Because the AK goes, pop, pop. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Different, sorry. If you got, if you can uh, decipher through all that we just talked about, we'll go ahead, uh, which leads us to uh, where she starts preying on Vera Joe. Uh, and again, we know Vera Joe, twenty-four-year-old woman. She's mentally handicapped. She has the the mental capacity of eight to twelve-year-old. Um, they immediately, and again, we talked to her and talked about her in the very beginning. She the reason she's probably had the issues she had is because she was raped as a as an infant by her father until he went to jail and then the mother's new boyfriend just picked up where he left off. So she really didn't have a chance. And for her wanting to get somewhere where she felt like she was cared for and loved, uh, who wouldn't want that? She left to because she thought her life was going to get better. But actually these, this group of people was just preying on her. Um, and Ch- Sugar Baby, as Cherry's t- are called, somehow gets her hands on... <laughs> Vera Joe's disability checks, yep. which probably she got her to sign power of attorney, yep. if I had to guess. Yep. And Vera Joe never knew what was going on. She, she The lights was on. Nobody was home. And once those checks start rolling in. Hey, listen, there was, I forgot what the number of people that was that lived in this house. Each one of these people living in this house estimate, the, the estimated amount of government funding each person was getting living in this house was at least 700 bucks a month and we probably had if right off the top of my head man you may have 12 people living in that house 700 bucks a month i mean she's and she's selling drugs out of the house the more kids you get the more money you're gonna get they're working the system to death um so yeah, it's just sick all the way around. And and you write about the power of attorney thing. I remember when I used to work at the bank, I had a situation where, and uh, Cousin Johnny probably seen these things too. We had a lady that she she mentally was, she's mentally handicapped and had an aunt that was taking care of her funds. And boy, she, she was taking care of them, all right. But there was nothing legally we could do to stop her from withdrawing money from the account I think they did end up getting in touch with Adult Protective Services for her on her behalf. But well, I don't know if anything happened. But see, and this all goes back to when, as a nation, we decided to shut down the mental hospital. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And that exploded the homeless population. Mm-hmm. You know, at, at least, yes, there was abuse, and there some severe abuse in some of those mental hospitals. But... For the most part, it's kind of like bad cops and bad teachers. You only hear about the ones that are bad. Right. 
for the most part, most of those, like our local one was a campus. Yeah, it was huge. Yeah. They took care of them. They had their own housing. They took them around town. I just healthcare. All yeah. the healthcare was there for them. And now you take that away, and adult adult protective service can only do so much because there's, they put one person in charge of a county. Yeah, and that's that's a workload that not one human being should be put in. You know, that's just way too much on one person. And also going back to the one I was talking about, if you did, we you know, adult protective services did get involved in that situation. Well, hell, if you take the Ann away, what do you do with her? Right, that's what there's, I was going to say. Yeah, there's nowhere for her to go. Right. And you know, like she's just Cousin Johnny said she had a roof over her head. She was being fed and closed. The worst thing, I've said this on this podcast before. So if y'all just, if y'all are new listening to this show, the worst thing i ever seen, they just opened up Harris Casino in uh, up in uh, North Carolina. Okay, me and my dad, my mom, uh, the person I was with at that time, we wanted to go to the casino. We just wanted to check it out. Everybody was like, oh, hell, let's go to the casino. We walk in there, and I shit you not. So if you've never been in a casino, you put money on a card that you plug the card into the machine. It's attached to you and however much money you put on this card. And then you play. And then once you do it, you're done. You cash out, pull your card out, and go to the next machine. If I'm lying, and we have a lightning storm going on probably right now. I just got a, a notification. Let lightning melt me in my damn shoes. Me and my dad walk into this casino. I think my mom stayed outside because Tyler, of course, he couldn't go in. He was little. We walk in this thing, and there is a yellow, like an ambulance bed, gurney hospital bed, okay? And it's there. And there's a lady laying on top of it. Lights was on. Nobody's home, dude. She's like cornbread goo in the middle, nothing there. Like nothing there. And there's a lady sitting there beside her. Pulling the one arm bandit? Yes, and her card is attached to the lady around her wrist it, on the gurney, and the card is stuck in the machine, and that lady's just pushing the shit out of those buttons. God. My dad looked at me, and I looked at him, and he said, special place in hell. Yes. <laughs> special place in hell. And I and I was like, wow. They, I can't believe the casino even allowed because this That's lady, what I don't understand. This lady didn't even have, she couldn't even, she was nonverbal. There's no way she could have said, yeah, spend it. Wow. <laughs> Let it ride on number nine. <laughs> no, nah, dude. No. I mean, there was nothing going on. But anyways, that, that happened. So <clears throat> if, if, if people are just terrible. People are just terrible. So we'll go back. Um, once uh, once they get Vera Joe to the house, they treat her so well. They are just so good to her. Until she gets pregnant. And then she becomes a slave. Yes. She is. She is immediately. Everything changes. Uh, before she's delivered the baby, uh, they found out that she's having a girl. Sherry wanted her to have the baby on her birthday, on her birthday. So she had her drinking several bottles of castor oil a day to try to induce labor. So the baby would be born on her birthday. And then the baby, Willa Dean, was born November the 4th, one day after Sherry's birthday. And nearly a month uh, before her due date, which meant she spent the first few weeks of her life in a NICU. This is evil. Straight up. Uh, Vera Jo loved uh, Willa Dean. But she's never given an opportunity to hold her. She was never given an opportunity oh to be a God. mom. Uh, Sherry and her husband, Zachariah, would beat her. And she was forced to clean the house and rub Sherry's feet oh. while being secluded from everyone in the family. They made her sleep with a pig. 
Yeah, and she tried with the mental capacity of a, let's just say 10-year-old, with the mental capacity of a 10-year-old, she knows that this is a shitty situation, and she tries to leave, and other family members keep, basically. They tell her if she leaves, they'll kill the baby. Yeah. If you leave, we're going to kill the baby. Um, her abuse just, it increased. Um, Sherry and Zachariah and other members of the Brooks family begin to beat her on a daily basis. People would, this is where we were talking about. People tried to call uh, protective services on her behalf. They knew the things that were going on in the house. And that's what I don't understand. The community knows that that house has no running water, that the family pisses in a bucket. Yes. And they knew that they had pigs living in the home and that previous kids had been removed from the home, but they still could not get anyone in there to save Vera Joe. You at least take the baby out of the house. The brand new baby at least go in there and take the baby out of the house. Yeah. And I get and and if they did that, then she then she could leave. One of the I mean? articles I read said that when police did when they finally did get a welfare check or got uh, police to come, that they had beat her senseless to the point where she had to lie or the baby would die. So she's yeah. like, "No, everything's fine. Everything's fine. Y'all yep. just need to go away." Yeah. And they said that when they would go out places, like her uncle would see her, or like the pastor would see her, her youth pastor would see her. Like they said, she was always loving and, you know, hugging on, you know, everybody. She hugged everybody. She loved everybody. She put her hoodie over her face and just run, just run away from them as fast as she could. Wow. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's so sad to think about that so many people knew there were so many terrible things going on and nobody did a damn thing about it. Okay, so this next part, y'all going to really have to pay attention and you might want to write this down. Yeah. Yeah. Before you even get started, if you look at the family tree, it's like a telephone pole. But there's a lot of names, so go ahead. (laughs) So, Cousin Daniel Bixler had just gotten out of prison three weeks earlier after serving three years when he moved in with Sherry. Now, his father... Daniel Bixler, senior. Senior. They like using each other's names. They sure do. That was all about it. I'm a junior. I can't say much. So Senior was the first cousin with whom Sherry had a sexual relationship with and bore a child, Scotty. Mm -hmm. Now, Danny and Scotty are technically cousins. Cousin brothers. Yep. (laughs) And half brothers. Cousin brothers. Now, a self-professed killer, uh, Cousin Daniel, was 17-year-old. Or no, him and his seventeen-year-old girlfriend Nicole Peters decided they wanted to experience. You don't the got her middle name. I like. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of. I like a lot of. <coughs> God, they wanted the euphoria of killing someone so that they could get a teardrop tattoo, so she could match her boyfriend. She'd be a badass in the cribs. They were the perfect pair to help pull off this plan to get rid of Erja. And what we didn't go over was. They had like—is this natural born killers? I feel like I saw this. Oh, it's the—it's like the wish 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 version of natural born killers. What they had talked about killing her earlier, and I can't find it now. They were going to going to like, tie tra- her to the train tracks. Yeah, they were going to try to overdose, overdose her and drugs. tie her to the yep. train tracks. Yep. Yeah, I don't. Well, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, the other thing too with it, like Danny, when Danny got it, when he first got out of jail and he hooked up with Nicole. They were at a park. Uh, this kind of gave her like, a, I guess, the Mickey and Mallory thing off Natural Born Killers. She wanted to swing on a swing set. 
at the at the at the park they was at, and there was a teenage boy on the swing set, and he was like, "Nah, cuz I'm here first. Sorry, sorry about your look." And then Danny almost beats this kid to death, like over like uh, his redneck chivalry. I don't know what it was uh, because he wouldn't give up his swing uh, to to Nicole. She just fell in love. She's infatuated with him. So that's when it kind of started her her bloodlust wanting to. She wanted to because he professed that he killed somebody. So she wanted to feel it. Like she wanted to feel what it was like to kill take somebody's life. And boy, this really gets really screwed up here now. Like yeah. it's it's about to get off off to the off to the races. Um, we talk about the torture and the and the murder. We'll go ahead. And I torture. just want to throw up. Uh, Vera Jo Jo was tortured for four days. She was beaten sporadically during the day. Uh, they even tied a padlock to the end of a belt and each person in the family took, uh, turns beating Vera Jo with this belt. It's, you're beating a 10 year old child. It's like beating a 10 year old child to death. And when they wasn't beating her with a padlock, they were stomping her head and sexually abusing her. And Nicole, this fine piece of shit decides that she's going to be sexually aroused from the whole thing. Her and her boyfriend, they had to take breaks to go have sex several times during the ordeal. And they would come out refreshed, ready to beat the hell out of Vera Joe again. Really? Dude. On March 26th of 2011, Zachary, Danny, and Nicole forced Vera Joe to put on her shoes and take a walk with them. She cried and refused, but uh, she had no other choice. Many people suspected that she already knew what was going to happen to her. And as Vera Joe walked out of the home, she turned around and said, Good night, sugar babe. Those were the last words that Vera Joe was ever heard said in the house. And she was talking to that fat pile of shit uh, in a wheelchair with rotten feet. <coughs> uh, the group walked Vera Joe down the railroad tracks near the home. And they began to relentlessly stab her with a kitchen knife. The knife was so dull that it would barely penetrate her skin. They forced her to take off her clothes and stabbed her again and again and again. They just took turns stabbing her. Uh, when they knew she was close to death, they laid her sideways on a railroad track and they left her alone to die. Uh, they tossed the, the knife into it. It was a river. It wasn't a lake. I don't know why I said lake. Um, and then the group uh, knew the trail. Train. Uh, the train would be by soon. And they would run her over and turn her into hamburger meat is what they were saying. Uh, she curled up in a fetal position and she died in pain alone. And the train never came. And uh, to run her over, they had waited and eventually the train did come, and they found her. This is this is not accurate, so I watched the documentary. She, uh, she, they did run over her body. They ran over the top of her body, but she was so small it didn't touch her. That's how small she was. Wow. Which she was malnourished, I yeah. guarantee. Oh. They thought she was a baby deer on the tracks. Jesus. That's how small she was. And that's how much she had curled up in that fetal yeah. position. Yeah, and she thought. was so small, marinated. Yeah, thought she was a baby deer. Uh, Cherry, of course, sees a prime opportunity to incite race into the equation and yes. blames her murder on her black boyfriend, which she had never had. Yep. They even tried to blame it on a homeless guy that was in the area. They'd say, well, she probably ran off with her boyfriend again, uh, talking about this homeless guy. The homeless guy's like, I'm just going to try to get me some drugs. I ain't, tr- I ain't trying to kill Sugar, baby, I just want some meth. Come on, girl. Let me smell you. I'll smell your feet. I rub them. I rock. Ugh. <laughs> um, the, the police actually questioned her and then they, they said that Oh, it's a black boyfriend she probably ran off with. Uh, that did not exist, and then they started finding the evidence is just mounding, like piling up. They found Nicole's bloody shirt, they found a belt, and they found a lock of uh, of Vera's hair. And then across the street, actually at the YMCA, no, it was the Salvation Army. Uh, there was a video surveillance camera actually caught Zachary uh, walking with Danny and Nicole, uh, and they were 
they had her like walking her to the train tracks that evening. Now, when you think this couldn't get more twisted, wrong. There are arrests made, but the wrong ones were arrested. Obviously. So Danny and Nicole confess to the murder, and they're taken into con- to custody. They tell police that Cherry gave Vera Jo drugs and had talked them into killing her, even giving them instructions on how to carry it out. Danny and Nicole took plea deals and were sentenced to 40 years to life, and Nicole received 23 in, on top of that for a conspiracy charge. Zachary was also arrested and sentenced to four years in prison on obstruction of justice. You clearly go back and see and read where we said they took turns stabbing her. With a dull, with I mean, a we're talking dull, about a dull basically, basically a butter knife yeah. is what I see. Yeah. And the kicker, Cherry was not charged with a crime in Vera Jo's murder. Yeah. They did get her... Her ex-husband, or no, her husband, her Kevin. Cousin, her cousin, brother, husband. Yeah, <laughs> and one of her sons on selling prescription drugs in 2014. She spent 10 days in jail for contact with a minor. And then in 2015, she was sentenced to just 40 months in federal prison. Here's my thing. And she's out of prison. She's out. They did not do their due diligence and leak what a piece of shit she was in federal prison, or she'd have never made she it out. Never made never. it. Ever. Never saw the light of day. Thank God, <laughs> Willa Dean was adopted, and they have basically got her record sealed. From what I read, yeah, adopted by a good family. Yes, like I mean, I, there's we we've got to find some way to end this damn story on a good note, and that right there has got to be it. The fact that that kid found a loving home that took care you. And here's the thing: we did a we just released a case yesterday. And it was an unsolved mysteries case that I'd never heard of. And, you know, we all grew up in unsolved mysteries. That's why we're all into true crime. This lady, not to hijack your podcast, but I'll just give you the Reader's Digest version. Her, she was traveling with her three-year-old son to, from Lake Tahoe to Southern California. She fell asleep at the wheel, crashed down the ravine. Lady drives by in the middle of the night, sees a naked lady laying on the side of the road. Cops come, can't find a naked lady. So an investigator goes to see maybe there's something there. They find the car. The lady's dead, been dead since the car accident. The kid's barely alive. And the kid recounts the story that there's either his mama or an angel took care of him those five days. He was naked in the passenger seat, spent five days in the Sierra Mountains. Naked. Should have been dead. Should have been dead. Um, and I tell that story to tell, <coughs> to piggyback off what Cousin Johnny said. I'll try to say this without breaking up. As much as she went through, if she knew her baby girl would be taken care of from a parent's perspective, it would have been worth it. Sure. Right. Right. And that's the thing, that's the only thing in this story is that little girl will never have to know what that house of horrors was like. I I hate these fucking stories. This man. late, yeah, we got we got to lighten it up on the next week for sure. But th- this lady, another thing, she, when she was questioned by the police, she lied multiple times. She even told the police that her bio- that Vera Jo's mother, biological mother, was dead, and the police didn't even notify the mother 
that her daughter was found dead because they didn't know she existed. How can they not pin something? How can they not get her with an obstruction charge on that? It's got to be something there. I mean, but it's too late now. I mean, she's she's kind of a. This is one of those that you hope somebody will do to her what happened to that, that one. That she'll get some outside justice. Yeah, somebody will just accidentally push her wheelchair in front of a bus. Yeah. Better be a big-ass bus. <laughs> hey, I, we got to so Better be huge. moving. She's huge, boy. Yeah, she's a big <laughs> Huge. Huge. Hey, you got it somewhere. Well, yeah. Um, it'll be like Equalizer 4. I don't got it. I, do you I, not? No, I don't think I kept it. Oh. She's a huge bitch. <laughs> That's what I was... Yeah. Now, man, I just. (laughs) I'm just trying to figure out, like, as big as she is, I was looking at this one picture. I'm pretty sure that her mole on her under chin, that little flap of skin hanging down right there, I'm pretty sure it has its own area code. That thing is massive. There, this. How can you not get septic? How is she not septic from? They made that poor girl rub her damn feet every day. Man, god dang it, dude. That's that's rough. Rough. Um, How we, is she not a diabetic in a wheelchair like that? You know she's. Well, they said she's got the diabetes. Yeah, she's got the. Oh, she's, she's got, got the, the diabetes. She's That's right. Diabetes. You said that. Well, she got the, she got the diabetes and the diabetes. Yeah. <laughs> she's been lying a whole bunch too. Um, there's a whole nother um, rabbit hole we could go down and do a podcast on her, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't give it the time of day. To be honest with you. <clears throat> I, and I know, like, people, honest to God, I hate to say this, it's cliche, but, you know, we talk about being products of your environment, and she's totally a product of her environment. But at some point, you can you can champion that, or you can let it handcuff you and run your life. And she did something totally opposite and turned it into something evil and sinister. And I wouldn't waste... a another podcast mentioning her name but it's but if you want to read about her story and how she grew up and what she came from you, you know you you could kind of see the route she was headed in when she got older but and i've said this before once you reach a certain age you're an adult and you have free choice you choose to stay in that environment right because that's the only environment you know and it's easy but you've made a choice there has been a choice to made that you're staying in the shit she definitely was staying in it and, and she brought she, everybody in and yeah. in, in she brought into this world she, she drug them right into but it, it just so. i mean you know and it, it, i'm sorry uh, it, them going to hell is that's just not a punishment enough to me this this is the same thing to me like i there's a there's a hospital that i work at sometimes and then there's a there's a young girl that works in that hospital and she has down syndrome the sweetest soul, like literally, like we, Brittany and I come God's angels. They are, dude. They really are. How any human being can hurt anybody? It's like hurting a child. You That's know, what I don't understand. Is what is wrong with people she that had can the do entire that? Entire fucking house beating, be, her. beating and male- raping this 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 person. Just nothing good came from it except for the child. Uh, being removed and protected and taken away, and they'll never grow up and know those. This is just one of those stories that you hope that that Willardin will make some type of impact on society. society yeah. right? There's there's a reason that all this has happened, and, and that child's going to make a difference. And it's something that you just have to 
it's like Arlo said, you, you've got to know that all that suffering for that kid to find a better place and yeah. to be able to make the impact that it was created and brought in this world to, to do, you got to hope that happens. And the bad thing is she's going to be like everybody else, and she at some point in her life she's going to try to find out who her mama was, what happened. Yeah. And Golly. And you, you want to protect her, but at the same time, let her know she's a walking miracle. Every day that you took a breath, every day you woke up, you made the world a better place. Yeah. And you don't, now, you can look back, but don't go back. Right. You know, that's the, that's the biggest thing. And I, I guess that's the hardest thing with just normal, everyday life. There's a song out there, I don't know who sings it, but it says, I've spent a lot of time looking in the rearview mirror, but there's never been a better picture over the front of the hood. Because you don't know what's coming. Right. And the old turtle in Kung Fu Panda. Tomorrow is the future. Yesterday was the past. Today is a present. A present. Today is a present. You woke up. Do something good with your life. Don't that, dwell. Then it, it was Kamala Harris trying to quote that damn turtle. Probably. When she was drunk up there in front of all those people. <laughs> Probably. Today's tomorrow's yesterday's today is last week. Did, did is that the same person talking for Uncle Joe? <laughs> oh God! I meant to say this. Have you noticed how he likes to talk about the weather? The correlation between Joe Biden and Carl from Sling Blade's dad—they're kind of the same person. Who are you? I ain't got no son. My son's dead. That's what Joe's gonna be saying. Who are you? I don't got no son. My son's dead. Get out of here! You gonna have me arrested? Y'all, I just. Hey, Carrie, thanks for the thanks for the topic. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna go. We're, we're gonna go bleach. get in therapy now from this. <laughs> one. So, we'll try to lighten it up for you guys next week. Uh, some of you ladies may not be real excited about it. We're gonna do a college football preview next week, so we got to get off the uh, get off this for a little bit and uh, get our wits back about us. But we'll do some college football next week. And then uh, high school football high school, kicks off this weekend. We got all kinds of stuff going on in the in the in the great South. So the Corky Kale Falcons looking good. How many wins you run up there? Nine. Uh, nine and, they nine plus in the playoffs. I'm calling it. If you got your money, put it on the board. So, gentlemen, y'all have a good evening. I appreciate you. See you. All right, See later, you, man.